Hello, welcome back. It's week 66 on Out on That Line. I'm Jeff with my co-host Alex. As always, Alex, how you doing this week? Jeff, I'm all revved up and I got one place to go and that is straight into the belly of the podcast. Hell yeah, I'm ready to ride, baby. Um, well, we have, a, I thought, a pretty good album this week. We'll see what you think about it. But we're going to talk about Spoon's new album, Lucifer on the Sofa. Um, came out just a couple weeks ago, February 11th. And uh, Austin, local band, so I was already kind of taking a shine to them. But we'll get into that a little later. There are some tours coming up, Alex. There's some big-time tours that I think we need to let the people know about. A couple friends have of the show, this? right? Yeah. Yeah. Couple so we have Strand of Oaks just announced a tour today, today being Wednesday. Hopefully, hopefully you've figured it out, but they are playing in Burlington. For those of you in Vermont, they are playing in Burlington. Coheed and Cambria announced another tour. They're on one currently, but it's all the small like club shows around the country. Nowhere close to where I am, so couldn't go see them. But they're going to do a big time stadium tour going through the summer. That shit is going to rock. This is maybe a stupid question and, and may only be applicable to people who've ever seen a concert in Vermont. Has Coheed ever played higher ground? Oh, yeah. Have they really? Oh, yeah. A lot. No shit. For those of you who don't live in Burlington, Vermont, it's not the biggest venue on the planet. But, I mean, we saw Against Me there. We saw Dropkicks there. So, like, mm-hmm. acts do come through. Yes. And they and apparently Higher Ground is super popular with a lot of musicians. I think because it is a little bit smaller, um, the setup, I think, is, like, super easy for them to, like, get in and out. Mm-hmm. The stage is big. Yep. So, you know, there's plenty of room compared to probably a lot of other places. Um, but it's, a, I think, a perfect kind of venue for someone like Strand of Oaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the perfect kind of music that it's like, go get a beer, come back. It, the crowd is never, nobody's like all over on top of each other. It's not like a Coheed show when you get up towards the front. It's like everybody gets their space. But it's it's a fun time. I certainly recommend going to check out Strand of Oaks when they come through Burlington. I would love to. If I'm still here when that happens, I would absolutely love to do that. Yeah. And, and, I mean, just a, such a fun concert to have a few beers, catch a little buzz. You know, yeah. it's just a good time. Have a $9 beer or two. Yeah. Why not? Is that how much they are at Higher Ground now? I don't know. I just, I don't drink. I don't, I just say that. Yeah. I, I, I'm at, I mean, they were always more expensive than, yeah. than other places, but you were a pretty captive audience at that point. That was just one of my favorite lines from the 40 year old virgin there at the club. And someone's like, wow, a lot of people here. And Paul Rudd goes, yeah, it's $9 beer night. <laughs> i just remember that popped me not even being a beer drinker i just thought that was very funny <laughs> well it's just when it comes to sarcasm there's few that do it better than paul rudd you don't beat the rudd yeah you just don't you can't how do you do it you don't tug on superman's cape and you sure don't mess around with paul rudd no you can't do it you can't do it well that's all the announcements that i had i don't know if you had any that you wanted to bring up before we dive on into the spoon i think maybe off the top it's good to plug because we usually save it for the end but i think off the top we should plug the youtube with our yes custom url which is not what i said last week it is different (laughs) but 
to be fair to me, I don't think anyone is going to listen to it and immediately type it in. What you can do is go to at out on that line on Instagram where it's right in our bio. You click on through. It's the Instagram to YouTube pipeline. You subscribe. You make sure your notifications are turned on. We got videos coming out of our asses over there. We got reaction videos and singles hanging from the rafters. It's a wild time. We picked up like 20 new people last week alone. So it is a rocket ship and you do not want to miss your ride because Bezos and Branson will leave you behind. But out on that line, we'll never forget where we came from. And we'll never forget you. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that was really nice. I I forgot that I was a co-host for a second. I was just <laughs> like, I felt like what the listeners must have felt like when they when they hear that. No, I felt that like was I was hovering above my body. <laughs> that was some like Herb Brooks and Miracle type of shit. <laughs> this is our time. <laughs> Oh, fucking A. Well, I think right now it's Spoon's time. I think so. As we dive right into Lucifer on the Sofa, the new album from Austin Locals, Spoon. Now, were you familiar with Spoon before this? Uh, I would not say intimately, but yes. The Spoon that I heard, okay. Hot Thoughts, I really liked a lot. It was more like experimental art rock. Um, but I re- and you know me, I love the weird shit. So I really enjoyed what I, what I had heard before. What about you? Um, I had listened to maybe a couple songs, but certainly never spent any significant amount of time listening to them. But having listened to this album, that's probably going to change. Um, cause it just, I don't know. It, it really struck a chord with me that they did a lot of weird stuff. You know, they got very experimental. There was some like electric light orchestra that I heard on this album. There was some Pink Floyd that I heard on this album. Like it was some flaming lips. I mean, there was just mm-hmm. some very varied influences. Um, and I really, really enjoyed what I heard for the majority of this album. You know, there's a couple spots that kind of lulled a little bit, but overall, you know, I thought I really liked this one. I'll go back to it. Oh, Tanner, you're going to hate me, buddy, but I, enjoyed this album (laughs) i'll never forget sticking the dagger in his heart with bleachers dude and and going into this because he texted me after he listened to this album and he was like oh my god dude i'm having like a spoon revelation i think this might be my mitski because i've been annoying the piss out of everyone with mitski yeah um he's like i think this might be my mitski and i'm like well okay well that's there's a lot riding on this. If I listen to this and I don't like it, I have to leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> so mercifully, I enjoyed it. I will say off the top, there's no way I could have enjoyed it as much as Tanner. And I'm not even doing it as a bit. Like he he just like loves the shit out of this. Mm-hmm. He's wild about it. And I totally get it. This is a weird thing for me, but it's almost because it's such a tightly written, well-executed album that goes right in the pocket. It's kind of hard to critique it or get too jacked up about it because you talk about, they were doing some weird stuff compared to the stuff I heard on hot thoughts. Mm -hmm. This feels kind of pulled back, which isn't a bad thing. It's just like, you know, it's their 10th LP. You got to try something a little different. And the big thing that they tried different on this was they wanted to record as much of it as possible live instead of doing it in pieces in the studio like they had where they kind of stitched a song together. They wanted as much of it to capture a concert feel as possible, which 
you can tell. It sounds like mm-hmm. it. It's got the richness and the fullness of a concert experience. So A plus on that. So it's not like, oh, I didn't like it or it wasn't good. It's just going to be kind of difficult for me to talk about because nothing blew my hair back, which, again, mm-hmm. is not a comment on the quality of, of the thing. It's solid. But there was just like when something kind of ticks all the boxes but doesn't go out of its way for extra credit, it's hard to say other than like, wow, you nailed it. Which I know sounds yep. shitty, but I, I mean it as a compliment, I guess. Yeah, and, and I think that's fair because, I mean, I, I won't say that there's any parts of this album that, like, totally blew my mind at all. Um, but it was just, like you were saying, very tight, very well written, very well constructed. It was interesting. You know, I don't think they went – I don't think they broke new ground. No. You know, I think this this is kind of – I guess, like, I don't want to say it's – totally like the dirty honey album where it was like a fresh take on stuff we've heard before i guess is kind of a good way to put it but it's like it really you know it did a lot for me because it was just a fun album to listen to but i can see what you're saying where there's not one part that you're like oh my god this is the most i'm not going to run to the top of the mountain and start shouting about how great it was Um, but i really enjoyed my time spent listening to it you know so there's there is that in between between like not liking something and not being like insanely enthusiastic about it i was i was completely satisfied satisfied it's Mm -hmm. like getting again this is going to sound shitty but it's like going to a restaurant and getting a nice juicy unadorned cheeseburger piece of yellow american cheese on it tomatoes lettuce ketchup and mustard nice sesame seed bun just right there spoon is extremely reliable the thing you can count on them to always do is have bangers from, I'm talking like an expert, but from what I've mm-hmm. I've gathered off Hot Thoughts anyway, and the other stuff I've listened to, you can rely on them putting in some real bangers, and you can rely on some clunkers, which this album unfortunately had its, its share mm-hmm. of them, but nothing that diminishes the overall quality of the experience, obviously. It was reliable, it was satisfying, it's short, it doesn't overstay its welcome, you, I really can't think of anything bad to say about it, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's not like my Mitski where I just like yep. shit myself because I was in, so in love. Yeah, and I, I think it's, I don't know, we'll get into it. We'll start getting into the specific songs, but yeah. I think part of the issue is, you know, the lyrics you are, are really fine. They, they flow very well in the music. But when you read them and you really try to pull something out of them, there's not, there didn't seem to be a lot there to pull. I mean, it wasn't at like Foo Fighters level of, you know, kind of unintelligible, but it just yeah. like seemed like there was a lot of stuff that sounded good when sung together, but not that it really had a lot of cohesive, you know, kind of tendrils running through it. Well, and I will say to that effect, Again, it's all going to sound like slams. I'll just stop trying to qualify it. Please believe. <laughs> please believe me. I liked it. Um, but to me, I think the the thing that kept me from connecting with the lyrics more is they didn't feel personal. They they were telling stories. They were telling interesting stories. But they didn't. I, I didn't feel like Britt Daniel in his delivery because he's got a great voice, got a great delivery. But it didn't feel like a very intimate connection to the things that were being song about which is fine not every song has to do that but if we are trying to evaluate lyrics on a case-by-case basis 
they were not bad lyrics. Like you said, they flowed, they were fun, they were interesting, but I wasn't like arrested by much of the imagery. I wasn't like knocked down by a, a certain swell of emotion. It was, mm-hmm. again, it, this is a solid, reliable, inoffensive, very articulate album. It's not going above and beyond the Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so we each chose our customary three songs. Uh, the first one was one of your picks, The Hardest Cut. I Did you watch the music video for this one? Uh, I did not. I didn't okay. watch any music videos for this one. I just listened to this probably four times, I think is how many times I went through this album. Okay. It, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's, got, it's bookended by like a kind of slasher theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and it... It's fun, and I think the video, honestly, to me, enhanced my enjoyment of the songs. The first couple times I listened to it, I'm like, oh, it, this is a hard, heavy song. Again, like a, a song, like an old spoon song, like Do You, is do-do-do-do-do-do, and it's all dreamy and wacky and great stuff. I was like, oh, shit, this is like a, a pretty heavy spoon rock song. Nice Texas-inspired riff. Um I guess if I do have one criticism of it, it felt like it never got out of first gear in terms of like uh, on a dynamic level. It's mixed perfectly. This entire album Mm -hmm. is mixed expertly. Fucking A. But there was something about the overall shape that this took that that didn't feel as fleshed out as maybe I wanted. And then they get into this like Captain Beefheart-esque guitar solo. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. It's got the kind of that pang, pang, pang guitar Mm -hmm. that was prevalent in a lot of Beefheart stuff. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then it just ends immediately. And I was like, oh, oh. So again, the stuff that the song does very well, I was like, yeah, give me more of that. And it it just, it it was, it's a heavy fucking song. It's Mm well-made. There was just one little thing that prevented me from like really kind of enshrining this. And it was the fact that it, it kind of just seemed to, I don't want to say one note because it's not one note. It's, it's a very full, interesting song, but it didn't, it just didn't reach the heights that I think I was expecting mm-hmm. when it started. If that makes yeah. sense. And yeah, I, I got kind of like uh Arctic monkeys. Yes vibe from them not just from this song there was a couple points on the album so it's like they definitely have and you know they've been around just as long if not longer than the arctic monkeys so i don't know if they they're probably just influenced by the same kind of music you know it's just that's what happens um but i got very much like that kind of almost garage rock sort of sound to it where it's some interesting like not different time signatures but interesting like syncopations they use within the structure of the of the beat and it's struck me very much like how the arctic monkeys do it now that's Mm. that's to say that that's something i enjoyed about what spoon was doing because that's you know i like listening to the arctic monkeys when they get a little heavier because i think that's when they're just like the most fun to listen to yeah and i liked the songs that i really liked on this for the most part were ones that were along this same vein where they were kind of playing the rock band and not necessarily doing the really like flaming lips type of stuff, you know, the kind of acoustic weird, you know, kind of really dreamy sort of stuff. And, you know, the songs that I picked, I think you'll see that that's kind of how I leaned on this, Mm -hmm. but the hardest cut was a good song. Like to me, this was one of the, was one of my 
better ones on the album because of how heavy it was. I just enjoyed the music of it. Yeah, and despite me being like, this is probably the most critical I'm going to be of the songs we discuss, because again, it's Mm -hmm. not like, ooh, it's bad. I thought of a disgusting analogy, if you'd like to hear it. Yes, of course. I would liken this song to you're in bed and you're masturbating, and it feels really good. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, ooh, I like this. Ooh, this is a sexy thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, I thought about grandma. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And then you're like, fuck, and you have to try to get it back. You're like, yeah, okay, here we go. We're cooking again. Oh, this feels good. This is weird. Oh, God, God damn it. <laughs> and so, which sounds harsh. But what I mean is there were little ideas in the song where I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this is going to go somewhere crazy. And then it just didn't. So I kind of got a little <laughs> bit of blue balls. But it's still masturbation. You're still having fun. Like, when it's all over, you still had a good time. <laughs> You, you did. You landed the plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah. Oh, brother. Yep. <laughs> well, you knew who you were starting a podcast yeah, with. Yeah, I did. I did. I knew. I knew. All right. Well, the next song, this one was one of my picks, uh, The Devil and Mr. Jones. And this one I really like because it had that kind of like dirty, grungy kind of feel to it. That's what I really liked about this one. I felt like I was at like one of those really hole in the wall type of Austin bars over like on the east side like east of 35 just hearing a band that's like been doing this for years and all they're there to do is just like make themselves feel better don't really care what the audience has to say because man this song just had gave me those like spooky almost like like Fleetwood Mac mm-hmm. like sort of witchy vibes to it it was it was very good I like this one a lot I hear Black Keys I hear Dr. Mm-hmm. Dog um weirdly enough i hear a lot of zz top and queens of the stone age throughout the entire album not necessarily on Mm -hmm. this song because this was way more soulful and bluesy this is a fucking great great song the mixing's Mm -hmm. perfect it's got more of a sense of fun that i think i wanted out of the hardest cut where it's got this kind of like mischievous like you say kind of spooky sound to it there's dreamy elements sprinkled into a like rockabilly blues kind of sensibility um the pre-chorus into the chorus is so simple and so seamless and so satisfying um i mean it's a lyrically simple devil shit song right Mm -hmm. but it, it again it's like right in that pocket you're not trying to do too much you're not giving us nothing to hang our hat on. It's a good, long, meaty song. It's got that sweaty, sultry, hellbound, bluesy sound. I enjoyed the fuck out of this to the point where I was like, God damn it, Jeff, when you picked it before I could pick it. It's a great <laughs> song. Potentially my yeah, favorite. I got, I got my picks in on a Tuesday. You sure did. Friday on a Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. I went through. I had listened to it a couple times, and then I listened to it while I mowed the lawn one more time. And that's that's what locked it in. I was like, whatever ones make me like really get on the saddle and get this lawn done, those are the ones I'm going to pick. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of made my decision. Yeah, no, this was a good pick. This was a great one. I enjoyed it quite thoroughly. Yes, yes. And the next one, I think we... Oh, we... Nope. I, I was going to say, I don't know if we've ever gone like one and then one and then one and then one like alternating picks and i was like we might have done it this time but nope it's not the case maybe next time listeners get excited for it but the next one is wild is one of your picks 
I like one of my favorite things that I've brought up a million times is when a song can match the emotion, the feeling with what's being done in the music. And this is a song that does that in a very simple way. It's got these really cool piano riffs and this like ultra crisp drumming and the drumming. You're like very aware of it in the verses where it's about being flattened by modernity and then the chorus kicks in and it's these howling vocals it's the wildlife it's the natural life echoes of what we talked about last week with big thief mm-hmm. it's the natural world calling to you and it just explodes it's like a wolf howl and i think there's a great dynamic between the verse being very contemplative and that wild restless chorus it did a great job of not like, I don't know if you heard the new Illuminati Hottie sandwich sharer. No. There's some interesting time signature switch up there that threw me for a loop, and it's, like, kind of okay. jarring in a good way, in a good way. But it's kind of what Sarah Tudson does best is just kind of knock mm-hmm. you for a loop. And this song didn't do that. It was, like, very this, like, very pleasant, seamless transition from feeling to feeling. And I just appreciate when a song can be interesting and stick the landing like that. Yes, and this one was very close to being one of my picks because um, I think overall the lyrics were some of the best on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just because the other picks I had, I just kind of liked the melody and the lyrics together more. Um, this one just fell out of that top three for me. But, you know, they have some, like, the chorus is very simple in the world, still so wild, called to me. I was lost. I'd been kept on my knees. Then in the second chorus... I'd been caught. I was lost on my knees. They just kind of switched up a little bit, but I really like when bands do that, when it's still the same theme, but, and it's still the same chorus, like the melody is all the same, but you change the lyrics a little bit. I think it's an interesting way. Cause I think your natural thought is that the chorus is something that's repeated word for word a couple times in the song is kind of the general idea of what we hear in pop music for the most part. But it's nice when they make those subtle changes to help kind of advance whatever sort of narrative they have going in the song. Um, you know, whether it's a new emotional discovery they made, something they betrayal, whatever it might be, they change that lyric a little bit so that changes when you hear it the second time, you're like, Oh, this is a different feeling I'm supposed to have right here. Yeah, and this is it just does that so successfully. Again, take a bite of that juicy burger he won't be disappointed it doesn't have fucking fried onion strings and a peanut butter and a jalapeno pepper on all this weird shit it doesn't have all the bells and whistles but that's not a backhanded compliment sometimes you just want to sit down and have a fucking american ass cheeseburger with some Mm -hmm. fucking fries on the side and miss me with that steak fry bullshit miss Mm -hmm. me with the shoelace fries give me french fries Right in the fucking pocket, and that is what Wild serves up to you is a complete Preach, brother. meal. Preach, brother. There we go. That's that's Hell my yeah. feeling. Yes. Uh, now, the next one, My Babe. Now, this is probably the lightest weight song that I chose, but I don't know. I think it was just the way that My Babe came out in the chorus, like the way that that line got sung. It was just such a catchy thing to me. It was just an earworm. And I kept having to go back to this song because it just like struck me. I don't really have any deep thoughts about it, about the structure of it or anything like that. It's just the song that I think got into my ears and it was like, we're going to nestle in nice here and we're going to stay right here. 
I, and for me, part of what was so pleasant about it is it sounded like the spoon that I was exposed to that I really enjoyed. Because when Tanner was having his spoon revelation, he was like, oh, this, this is fucking great. Like, what else have you heard? I was like, oh, um, I think Hot Thoughts is a really cool album. It's the only one, again, that I've really listened to mm-hmm. in any kind of comprehensive way. And I liked those art rock elements of it. And those are present here. They kind of, especially with the structure, it's like the refrain kicks it off. And then there are these mellow moments with these kind of bright bursts in the chorus. The drums ride right through the thing. The guitar is nice and crispy again. We have to shout out the mixing. It is perfect. It's Mm -hmm. so perfect. And that is such a talent because when you hear something that's shittily mixed. Whew, once you key in on it, it's like when you listen to a podcast and someone's talking. This is such a random thing. But I was listening to an old podcast where two guys were talking. The one guy goes on a rant and the other guy every 10 seconds goes, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> and when I keyed in on it, I was like, fuck, I'm going to crash my car in protest. <laughs> You can become very aware of something that sucks and then you can't let it go and you will never have that problem with Spoon. They Mm -mm. took the time to get this tight. Yeah. And I I wonder if they do most of that work themselves or if they just found a producer that was capable of that. I'll have to to look into that. Imagine a band that's been around as long as they have and typically when someone is as experimental as they have been, you know your way around a studio as well because you got to find... Sometimes you might be the only people that know what you're trying to hear, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, I would give them some credit on that. I'll have to look that up. Um, but yeah, my babe for me, I think that was my favorite. Like one of the, one of the top ones, the devil and Mr. Jones probably takes it, but I think my babe was like right up there and I don't know why it was just like, had that kind of weird pop fringe kind of sensibility to it. It was just a very, very nice experience. Yeah. Yep. I would. I would agree with you. Devil and Mr. Jones is my runaway favorite, but this was this was a goodie. As is the next yes. one. Yes. So on the radio, the next pick, the riff mm. in this one. Mm-hmm. This what that was what got me and how they kept going back to it and it almost I wanted more of it, but I felt like at the end I was like, no, that was the perfect amount. But every time I listened to it, I'm like, oh, I wish they went through that one more time. But then you get to the end, you're like, nope, that was good. But it's every time you listen to it, and it's just as good every time. I really appreciate on this one tons of musical elements to love, but the germ of the appeal to me is it's a very simple story about how Brit Daniel felt as a youngin when his world was very small, but he had a radio beside his bed, and that was a portal to not just the outside world, but Worlds within worlds, as they say in the community. Um, Just the radio was the nexus of exploration, different kinds of music, different kind of personalities. I can see like I I would have to agree when I think about it, that it's kind of a magic thing. I remember right after my parents got divorced and my mom and I and my sister moved into a new place and we were renting it and it just didn't feel like home. We'd been in this place, Mm -hmm. this other like cool house forever. And it's like, now we're living in this place. This is just weird. I don't know how to handle this, but I had a little clock radio next to the bed and I had it tuned to 107.1. 
and they would just i would just when it was work fm work fm baby i would just let that shit ride and it was it was great like you just it was before i was old enough to never be able to get out of my head the radio was able to kind of take me away from my troubles for a minute and that's what this song is it's it's a nostalgic ode to the magic of something that can take you away like that. And it's nostalgic without being like a fucking parody, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of moments in this. There are a lot of songs on this album that feel like they could have come out in the nineties. They would have fucking dominated the airwaves. Um, but they never slip over into like a tongue in cheek parody. Mm -hmm. This is just a song about personal comfort and, and the experience of a little guy who's got nothing but the radio to show him a bigger world. And like, I haven't even gotten into the musical part of it. I got to shut the fuck up for a minute and let you talk. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm I'm excited about it. It's another thing where I'm like, you nailed the concept here. Yeah. And I really, I love this concept. Strand of Oaks has a song called Radio Kids off the Hard Love album. That is fantastic. But it's this exact same sensibility. You know, it's like when you're young and you don't have, like nowadays, you know, you have the internet, Spotify, you have access to every kind of music you can think of whenever you want it back then that wasn't the case it was you had to listen to 1071 work fm and like the saturday night dance party or whatever they called it and what was it friday night request line i forget friday but it was um open house party yes that's what open house party that's what it was and you'd call in request songs and i remember i called in requested wild wild west one time did they play it they sure did. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, what a rush. I, I must have been like 12 or 13. I was sitting on, uh, my. I think my dad was in the, um, picking up subs from Simply Subs or something. So I was just in the car. Oh, yeah, Simply Subs. Back before the they fell the fuck off. You had yourself Yeah, oh my night. God. Back in the, yeah, back in those days. Whew, buddy, once they started doing the pizza, the subs fell off. Oh, yeah, big I time. I think is, is what happened. Um. But I remember calling in while he was in there on his cell phone because he left it in there because I had like some poker game or something. I played on it. I called in and the guy was like, yeah, yeah, no one's requested that one tonight. Good pick. And it came on like a few songs later. And I was freaking out. I was like, dad, 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 I requested this one. And he tried to act excited for me, but I know he didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. He's a good man. Yeah, but that was back in the day. That's what you had. You took your cassette tape and waited for your song to come on, pop that on there to make your mixtape, and you better like be quick on that trigger. And you always have like a bit of the advertisement. Yeah, that came just before the song leading into it. Oh man, those were the days. And I that's the nostalgic feeling that this song gave me. And it didn't need like it didn't need to have like Springsteen level lyrics it didn't need to have like bob dylan level lyrics right it just needed to serve the feeling and it did perfectly all it needed to to convey was that i have this nostalgic feeling about the radio because that was the way that was my window into the world and it was just like executed just perfectly it's such a relatable thing too like even if you don't have necessarily like an emotional attachment to Mm -hmm. the radio you have an experience with it one way or another. You got a song on it. That's magical. You won a contest. It's magical. We got to be on the radio in high school. We were doing Beauty and the Beast. They brought us in. They're like, what's it like doing Beauty and the Beast? We're like, it's really fun. <laughs> Rip, bleed, demon, potato bug. Like, whatever. Like, the radio is 
a magical thing. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, been supplanted by assholes like us doing podcasts and Spotify and stuff like that. But there was a time when, you know, you had these disc jockeys who could just curate an experience for you every Mm -hmm. night, all night. And I think that's cool. This is a cool ode. It doesn't, I'm not criticizing Billy Joel and scenes from an Italian restaurant, but it doesn't slip. No, fuck no. It doesn't slip into like, remember those days hanging out in the village green? Of course we do. They were phenomenal. But (laughs) the song doesn't even have to invoke that. It's just like, again, aided by my favorite thing, aided by the music. It's this indie blues adjacent, very dreamy rock incorporates a lot of stylistic flourishes for one song. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the dark. Like the only thing I could describe it as was like a dark voodoo piano riff. Very tasty. Very mm-hmm. tasty. This song is trying to do a lot of things. So for as much as the hardest cut kind of rested on its laurels for me, this song was not content. It was giving you as much variety in this song as you would get on the radio. Yes. If you will. Excellently stated. Uh, now we'll wrap it up. We have the last pick from the album. Your final pick, Satellite. I am a big time sucker for songs, for satellite songs. Guster, Satellite. Yep. Lou Reed, Satellite of Love. Elvis Costello, Satellite. Phoebe Bridgers, Chinese Satellite. Coldplay? Uh, no. Don't not lie. A, not a Coldplay guy. Which this one's Satellite? Is a safe space. Which one's Satellite by Coldplay? I think it's literally called Satellite or Satellites. What does it sound like? Um, well, that, I mean, I'm not going to try to sing it. This isn't that kind of podcast, but let me let me look it up because I'm pretty... If I'm wrong, I'm going to look really bad, but I... So are I'm you really are you thinking of wrong. DMB? Are you uh, thinking of Dave? His friends call him Dave. I mean, he has one too. I do not like that satellite song. I think it's, I think it sucks. But um, why, why can't I just see the singles? Spotify singles. Nope, that's not it. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to just look this up. But I swear, maybe if I just search Coldplay satellite. Hmm. Well, allow me to expound upon how much the DMB satellite song sucks. They used it in a wine commercial, and I was like, God damn it, every time you're trying to sell Under the Table and Dreaming Wine or whatever horseshit this is, I got to hear this fucking song? God damn it. (laughs) It's It's like getting trapped under a wicker couch on the porch during a hot summer night while your parents are having sex on top of it. It's just like the trauma that I experience having to listen to that stupid song. There are a handful of Dave Matthews songs that I think are essential, <laughs> that rock, satellite, so far from the top of that list. So yeah. far. Do you, do you remember the, the song Too Much by Dave Matthews Band? You'll, uh, you have to remind me for that one, too. Uh, it's basically the chorus, I think, is like, I drink too much, I smoke too much, but it's like everybody's telling me parties too much. But the video is like very weird. There's a guy with like a very weirdly like press like face like makeup like very weird thing going on but it's just like a weird experience and I was very young when I saw that on MTV and I was like the song is cool I don't know about this video though kind of freaks me out yeah did you uh what'd you dig up on Coldplay so I think I was thinking of the song a sky full of stars Ah. because I think satellites are mentioned 
quite a bit in that one. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah. that I'm sorry. Unfortunately, does not qualify. Satellite <laughs> does not appear anywhere in the title. <laughs> That's a chunky. Um, we're nearly there. We we got it. We re- we brought it back around. <laughs> got out of that one. Uh, yeah. I'm a I'm a sucker for satellite songs. Um, I don't know why that is. I just think again the four that I listed are. I mean, you can you can argue with me on the Guster one. A lot of people think Guster's bullshit. I happen to like. No, I like Guster. Adore Guster. Yeah. Yeah, I like Rocket Ship. Tanner and I have seen them like three times. I think now. Um, oh yeah, great, 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 great stuff. I love Guster. I love Lou Reed. I love Elvis Costello. I love Phoebe Bridgers. All gave me great satellite songs. Um, and this one. The first time I listened to it, I was like, ooh, maybe my streak is over. I don't know how I feel about this. But when I listened to it again, I was like, no, this is nice. This is bluesy, but it's got that art rock flourish that I like from Spoon. It's very spacey, which is obviously appropriate. And and the cleanliness of the sound, the crispness that it appears on some of the like really rock-driven tracks, mm-hmm. they kind of tone that down here and let the song be a little greasy and i like that i love the distortion on the guitar it's very appropriate i like the way that the different tones in the song harmonize with each other it's one of those things the first time you don't pick up on it but your brain does Mm -hmm. It, it it really fleshes out the guitar the way that those different tones sit behind it um i don't know i came around big time on this song yeah i i like this one pretty well right from the start i mean it just i don't know it just was a very soothing song you know to me it was just it was one that you know when you're listening to it, it's like it was constructed very well and for a song to be like a little bit on the lower key side it has to be mixed really well you know you have mm-hmm. to have some kind of fullness to that sound if you're not going to have a lot of energy in the beat and stuff like that you got to have some fullness to that sound to have it really be captivating um and i I really felt like this one did a great job with that. You know, I think listening to it, especially on headphones, you know, there's a lot of little things they do in the background that helps back up the things that are in the foreground. And and I think that's a really, that's the difference between a band that, you know, really knows how to construct an album and construct a song and somebody that just happened to get lucky and write a good song a few right. times. You know, it's somebody that really knows how that it's a process of building it and, putting the things on that are right for it and leaving things off that are wrong for it. And I think it's a good thing when you can take a song like this and leave it alone the way that they did. To quote dear sweet Matt Reno, Spoon and this album are rock solid. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, they at this point, I mean, what, they formed in 93? At this point, Spoon just knows what to do and they really don't fuck with the formula they're very consistent on an album to album basis because like this wasn't a paradigm shift it's just again from the spoon that i've consumed this was Mm -hmm. noticeably different and not what i expected when tanner was freaking out i was like oh uh, maybe they're doing the weird stuff again and i walked into it and i'm like oh this is interesting this Mm -hmm. is not quite what i expected but at the same time it's a great thing because you kind of got to liven it up a little bit don't change what's working but keep it fresh, you know, mm-hmm. rotate your crops a little bit. And I think yeah. that's what this album serves to do. It gives people what they love. 
doesn't take away the things they relate to and it gives you a little something to hang on to until the next one and they're just solid as fuck on writing a song they know how to write mm-hmm. a song that doesn't need a ton of bells and whistles just again Matt Reno rock solid production <laughs> rock solid songwriting values rock solid execution uh, you brought up Dirty Honey earlier and that's what I was actually thinking about where I'm like I can't say that that was bad. It wasn't bad, but it didn't blow me away with something I hadn't heard before. And mm-hmm. that's something I need to work on is not every album you listen to needs to completely blow your ass out and change the way yeah. you see the world. You have to be okay with, like, there's nothing new under the sun, right? That I'm fine with. It's just times like we're going to go back to an old punching bag, Julian Baker, where I'm like, wow, you just kind of rested on the indie template this entire time, the indie girl template. It's like, how come, what is it about Phoebe Bridgers, not to compare members of Boy Genius, but how come Phoebe Bridgers is able to do such memorable stuff? How come Lucy Dacus is able to do something completely different from Phoebe Bridgers Mm -hmm. that is notable and stands on its own? And then poor sweet Julian Baker is standing in the middle, not really taking any chances. So I think there's, the difference I'm keying in on is, not taking any chances is fine if you've got a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever heard a Julian Baker song that I've liked. Spoon, plenty that I've yeah. liked. So if Spoon is not going to try to you know, change the way that I think about life, the universe, and everything, that is fine. Because I will enjoy the 38 minutes that I spend with an album like this. I'll go ahead and say stream it. Yes, absolutely. I will agree. I will say stream it. Um, I think if you like just good rock and roll music, you're going to like this album. I mean, there, there's really not anything about it to not like, you know, again, it, maybe it'll blow your socks off. It didn't for us, but you know, by no means does that mean it was a bad album. You know, I think it's like you were saying, there's not everything can, can blow your hat off. You know, some, some of the stuff has to be kind of in the middle. And, but if you played this song or this album for somebody back in like 1967, it probably blow their minds. Oh yeah. You know, so it's just a matter of like as time goes on, the level of expectation gets higher and higher and higher. Um and you have those albums that go so far past that level of expectation that help bring everybody up to that level and that then becomes the new baseline. You know, I think that's just how things go. Not everybody can be the leading edge. Not everyone can be Frank Zappa. And <laughs> create these intricate musical movements <laughs> all within one song. Got him. Got him right in. You did it. Oof. You did it. I got to quit leaving him till the end. It's getting spooky. <laughs> um, Tanner and I have been hammering Sheik Your Booty. That's going to yeah. to spoil it for you guys. We may or may not be doing another episode of On the Record soon. Okay. It may or may not be a Zappa album. I don't. I don't okay. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know it's about know. time that he got something more than a mention. He got my singles video of the documentary, but I had to control myself. I'm like, I'm gonna do a whole series called Zappa You, and it's gonna be me bloviating about every album up to like. I had some arbitrary cutoff where I was like, I literally cannot cover everything, or I'll die an old man. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, I, all jokes aside, as a Frank Zappa guy, he gets spoiled on like, wow, I 
My, you really subverted my expectations on this one. Not everybody has to do that. I don't want to call this album adequate because that sounds dismissive. It It's enjoyable. It was not a chore to listen to. It didn't need to be a paradigm shift to be worth your time, to be worth my time, to elicit mm-hmm. multiple listens. And you're exactly right. It's a headphone album. I talked to a lot of people who were like, it's so much work to plug headphones into my phone and listen to music. No, come on. I'm like, you you dumb bastard. They're all Bluetooth now. Just get yourself a decent pair of Bluetooth headphones. They go on sale all the time. I think Beats just made their like top of the line headphones under two hundred dollars. They were oh, like wow. three fifty. So like imagine I imagine everything else is gonna start dropping in price as well. Now I'm not saying run out and buy beats because I think you can do better for less money, but mm-hmm. like just just saying it's not an astronomical amount of money to give yourself a wonderful listening experience. Yeah, I mean, I ran out I for like eight bucks. I bought the fucking lightning adapter for my phone mm-hmm. so I can plug my task cams into my phone and just yep. flop down and rock out. Yep. So if you're out there and you're not listening, I get it. When you're cooking or something, get yourself a nice little Tanner and I both have the Bose Revolve. Throws a lot of sound around. Bassy. Great stuff. Get yourself mm-hmm. a nice little Bluetooth speaker for when you're cooking or tinkering or something like that. But for the love mm-hmm. of God, when you're really trying to dive into an album, people, listen with your headphones on. Yes. Okay. Listen with your headphones on and your heart wide open. I love that. That is the new <laughs> slogan of the podcast. <laughs> well, I guess you know we'll just do our little housekeeping items here and then and then call it a night. Um, so make sure you go check out that YouTube. Um, we are really trying to push that out, and so far it's going really well. You're going to start seeing reaction videos from me finally. So if you haven't gone already, make sure you go and check out the newest one. And I mentioned the band earlier. I'm going to let you find out who it is. I'm going to keep the, I'm going to let the mystery be. But it's a band that I talked about earlier in this episode, and they came out with a new single. And you're going to hear me hear it. You're going to watch me hear it. For the first time. So go check that out. We have the custom URL on YouTube. You'll find it by going through our Instagram at out on that line. Just click the little link there. You'll find everything right there. Actually, you'll find all of our podcast episodes, all the regular ones right here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. You could also just go to the YouTube to find those as well. But you'll also find on Twitter. If you want to get at us, you can do that through email out on that line at gmail.com. Get at us through that. Alex, was there anything else that you had this week? I don't think I have anything left to say. I'm, I'm ready to dump out. All right. Well, until next time. Bye.